When we go to the zoo, we visit animals in our habitat. They are the guests in our infrastructure, restricted while we freely look on. When we dive into the ocean, we visit animals in their habitat. We are the guests in their world. We are restricted while they are free. This is my experience at Xiaoliuqiu from January 1st to January 4th. After a long car trip and nauseating boat ride, my family and I arrived in Xiaoliuqiu. This wasn't the first time I've been here, but because my former trip was a couple of years ago, this was a brand new experience. Our goal during these three days is to explore one of the world's preeminent environments for sea turtles, and for me, to get a glimpse of the relationship between the turtles and humans residing on the island. So immediately, I spot sea turtle merchandise in duty-free stores surrounding the harbor. T-shirts, keychains, dolls, and literally any product you can think of. My first exemplars for the commercialization and exploitation of sea turtles were there. But it's not that simple. To my surprise, there were an equal amount of sea turtle images that stress environmental protection from our one-minute motorcycle trip to the hotel. For example, there was a giant mural made out of paint and recycled garbage that depicted a turtle saying the catchphrase, 让少数变多数. Less plastic for more turtles. Another graffiti drawing on the side of the house uh, illustrated a turtle warning onlookers to not touch it in the sea. Even though I know full well that the act of touching a sea turtle results in a $60,000 fine, the fact that these illustrations exist show a unified consciousness of the island to protect their star attraction. So already, my prejudgment of the island is revamped. We arrived at the hotel, and the first thing that caught my eye was the asymmetrical shape. It is made of blindingly white smooth stones with shades of blue and wavy borders and window frames. It reminded me of those architectures in Cappadocia and Turkey. Tall, rock-cut, and a style like it's piling up to the top. What makes it really special was the symbols of the sea turtles everywhere, on the steps below the pool, and pictures on the lobby walls. I soon learned that the person behind these designs is the owner of the hotel, and our tour guide. His name is Ahai, and I'll refer to him as Mr. C. It was about 5 p.m. when we headed to the northwest coast of Du Zaiping, where we get to see sea turtles in shallow waters as we watch from the coast above. The only time I've ever seen a sea turtle in real life before this was my Green Island diving trip. But now, I see multiple sea turtles just a few meters below as I stand on the shore. Mr. C told us that these sea turtles are taking advantage of the high tide and looking for moss. So, feeling naturally curious, I decided to interview him to find out more about sea turtles, and later what his views were on them. The following audio clips are filmed next to the shore, so I apologize for the background noise. 
在国际上就在夏威海龟从出生的到这个呃这个一直到达，通常都是只有在夏威这个地方。那小的这边呢，它其他国家海龟是这样，所以人类其实我我也不太会懂得说它一定要为什么一定要这么忠诚，回到生殖基地，因为它这样子的产卵对它来讲是非常危险。In summary, Mr. C says that sea turtles will migrate away from their birthplaces to a new habitat, like Xiaoliuqiu, where they spent most of their life. Once they are ready to reproduce, however, they use the magnetic field to migrate back to the same beach they were hatched, just like salmon do. These yearly journeys back home, sometimes thousands of kilometers apart, are very dangerous for sea turtles and. Scientists still don't understand why they do it. Of course, the popular theory is that a sea turtle's birthplace is already a proven success for reproduction, so naturally, it's the safest bet to return. If we digress, this also means Xiaoliuqiu is teeming with foreign sea turtles who live there most of the time. What are the factors that make the island such a haven for the sea turtles? It's essentially two reasons: the shallow waters and the tropical climate. The shallow waters allow for moss to grow near the coast, which means plenty of food for the sea turtles. In the winter, the island is also warmer due to its tropical region and the fact that the main island shields Xiaoliuqiu from northern winds during the winter months. Therefore, Xiaoliuqiu not only has the most sea turtles in Taiwan. But it's also the epicenter for cosmopolitan sea turtles in Southeast Asia. But way before the island fortified its sea turtle identity, it was merely subjected to fishing industry development. In the next clip, Mr. C talks about this phenomenon in detail. Mr. C mentioned something very interesting here. In the 1980s, the Taiwanese government promoted the "One Town, One Harbor" policy to stimulate the fishing industry, which turns out to be a complete failure. The plan proved too costly for cities to build and maintain, while the harbors themselves were mostly too shallow during the low tides for a ship to even dock. Islands such as Penghu and Xiaoliuqiu saw their sea turtle beaches destroyed. For futile results, this is why many of Taiwan's coasts are littered with breakwaters and abandoned harbors. In fact, 
The harbor that we arrived in was also part of this policy and replaced the beautiful Zongao Beach, as Mr. C recalled. Despite this, fishing continued to dominate the island's economy up until a decade ago. It was nine years ago when a former mayor banned fishing nets due to the increasing number of sea turtle deaths on the shore as a result of it. Here's the story in detail. Through a couple of minutes, I have a much clearer understanding of Xiaolechou's history and how sea turtles fit into all of it. Due to a combination of ideal location, geography, and climate, Liuchou Island became a sanctuary for sea turtles, a place for local turtles to lay nests and a habitat for foreign turtles to live and thrive. About 40 to 50 years ago, the government's plan was to increase harbors and promote fishing, which destroyed many beaches and sea turtle habitats. It was only until recently that fishing restrictions and protection areas were set to protect marine creatures. Meanwhile, the island is slowly transitioning from fishing to tourism these past few years. With tourism comes hotels, tourists, and the rise of underwater activities, specifically snorkeling and scuba diving. Anticipation was mounting for me. Even though snorkeling isn't comparable to diving, I was stoked because there is a 99% guaranteed chance to meet sea turtles. But as we approached Longxiadong, what grabbed my attention was the staggering amounts of tourists and trucks with equipments. There were tourists getting out of the waters, in the shallow waters, lined up in deep waters, and people like us preparing to get in. Every group of people had different logos and brands representing different snorkeling centers and businesses on the islands. It baffled me to visualize the sheer amount of divers and coaches who have swarmed here to take part in the culture. 
And by the way, this is supposed to be January, the low visitor time period. Anyways, biting my snorkel, I held on to the rope and plunged face down on the ocean surface. As I was getting used to the temperature, our first sea turtle passed below me. And they were huge. It never really sunk into me what 1.5 meter long meant, until I saw it with my own eyes. The one that I saw in Green Island must have been a young one because it didn't exemplify how big they were. The turtles here are green turtles, the most common sea turtle in Shaoliuqiu and in Taiwan in general. They're the biggest among the other six sea turtle species. The younglings typically eat crabs, jellyfish, and sponges, while the adults diet on algae due to their decreased mobility. While watching four or five turtles swim gracefully and chewing on algae on the reefs, I can't help but feel like I'm watching a documentary on ancient marine reptiles in the Jurassic era. It's the way they move their reptilian heads while feasting, I think. They also swim very close to humans without a worry in the world. We have to constantly keep our legs high and steady for fear of kicking them accidentally. It's a very intimate experience, you could say. Speaking of intimacy, remember all those tourists? It was crowded to the point where I occasionally bump into other teams of tourists, heads all submerged in water while their coaches pulled the rope in the front. The sea turtles in the area seem to have gotten used to all the people and are not afraid to go near us at all, which is contrary to what we feel. Before we left, I interviewed one of the coaches on the shore to have a chat on how the scuba industry affected the island. This is what he has to say. Being a scuba diver himself, I was surprised that he talked about the negative effects of these activities, mainly the diving shoes that can cause damage to the corals and other organisms. However, he did bring up that diving brings sea turtles closer to people and allows more people to understand that ocean destruction is a real issue affecting real organisms. And I do agree with him on this point, but it's hard to deny that sea turtles are still mainly used as an entertainment spectacle more than educational material. 
Of course, the ideas of environmental protection and marine habitat preservation will no doubt be instilled in all tourists' mind once they experience it for themselves. At least that's what I think. The coach later mentioned that the scuba industry really gained steam in the past four to five years, causing tourist numbers to continue rising. It hit its peak last summer as a result of revenge tourism. Revenge tourism is a phrase that originated in the 1980s when China saw an explosion in consumer spending after lifting travel restrictions for a long period of time. Now, it is used to describe the amplified domestic travels resulting from the COVID lockdown. It's mainly just angsty travelers wanting to go somewhere. And in Taiwan's instance, the restriction on travel has prompted citizens to travel south and most notably, the outer islands. So, having gotten another piece of the Xiaoliuqiu timeline, my family and I returned to the hotel via a brutally cold and wet motorcycle ride. In the next episode, my long-awaited scuba dive and how to solve Liu Chou's growing tourist problem.